Sylvia did her best to listen, but her attention was caught by a large half-moon window that overlooked the street. Below, Mayfair thronged with exotic-looking men, from free French and Polish soldiers to various foreign dignitaries. Here comes our Maharaja, one girl shouted, and all the others ran to the window as a handsome Sikh in a bright blue turban walked past. Comes past the same time every day said a girl called Peggy, who sat at the desk next to Sylvia's. I reckon he's got a princess hidden away in one of the hotels who he goes to visit secretly. Back to work, girls, Miss Frank said, and they all returned to their machines. Over the course of the day, Sylvia learned that the people watching was considered the best part of the job at the Piccadilly and took up much of the girls' time. And increasingly, It was Americans who were the main players in the movie unfolding outside their window, as the whole area was taken over by the soldiers of the friendly invasion. The first G.I.s had come to the British Isles in January 1942, less than two months after the bombing of Pearl Harbour, and by the summer there were tens of thousands of them arriving every month. Mayfair had become known as Little America, since the U.S. Embassy and U.S. Army headquarters were on Grosvenor Square, and its grand Georgian houses had been turned into accommodation and offices for U.S. admin staff. An Englishman on the streets of Mayfair now looked like the odd one out. Directly opposite the Piccadilly Hotel was the USO Club, and Sylvia and her colleagues could see the G.I.s swaggering in and out in their smart uniforms. They were quite unlike the Tommies of the British Army in their heavy surge. The better cut and higher quality material of the Yanks' outfits made it hard to tell an officer from a private. The stripes on their sleeves, which were upside down from the British perspective, only confused matters further. Then there was the way they moved, often seen slouching with their hands in their pockets or leaning against a wall chewing gum. They lacked the straight-backed gait of British military discipline. Their relaxed marching style, carried out in rubber-soled boots, had even earned the nickname the Soft Shoe Shuffle. Their approach to women also seemed confident and direct by local standards. From her window at the hotel, Sylvia watched countless young American servicemen chatting up attractive young women in the street, sometimes employing the reverse handkerchief trick, where they dropped a coin in the woman's path so that she would pick it up and begin a conversation. Despite the apparent confidence of the G.I.s she watched, however, Sylvia couldn't help feeling sorry for them. I reckon they must be lonely, she told Peggy. They're so far away from home. Not lonely for long, I'll bet, her colleague laughed, gesturing towards a G.I. who had just hooked a young English girl onto his arm. Sylvia gravitated towards Peggy, thanks to her cheeky sense of humour, and much of the rest of their day was spent in fits of giggles, which they tried to suppress whenever Miss Frank was within earshot. By clocking out time, Sylvia left the Piccadilly Hotel, happy that she had made a new friend, and looking forward to her next day working up west. A few days later, Peggy came into the billing office buzzing with excitement. Guess what, Sylvia, she said. The American Red Cross are looking for girls to volunteer at their clubs. We could go and sign up after work. 
The Red Cross had set up numerous clubs in central London to cater for the GIs based there, as well as the thousands who would pour in from all over the country when their two days a month's leave came up. On Piccadilly Circus was the famous Rainbow Corner Club, open 24 hours a day, where the GIs could shoot pool, play pinball, eat hamburgers and waffles, and generally get a taste of home. I will if you will, Sylvia replied enthusiastically. She was delighted at the thought of doing something to help the Americans, and Peggy seemed quite keen on the idea too, if the grin on her face was anything to go by. After work that day, the two girls took themselves to the US Embassy for an interview. A Red Cross lady in a military-style blue uniform took down their names and addresses and asked what their parents did for a living. I hope they don't only want posh girls, Sylvia thought to herself. As she